0: We caught a lot of games to scout and break down. Uh, we'll talk about Kansa Helenius, Kaden Caden Lindstrom, Arif Shunov and much, much more on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects.
1: You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High. And on today's show, we'll be breaking down a bunch of games that we've scouted recently and kind of break down what we enjoy from some of the prospects we've watched. We've got six prospects to cover in today's episode, so make sure to follow all along, all along till the end. We'll talk first and foremost about consul Hellenius um, and Caden Lindstrom. In our second segment, we'll cover Artem Levshunov and Liam Greentree. And then we'll end things off with Ryder, Richie, and Tarek Parasak, um, all of which figure in uh, the first round of both of our rankings and in Elite Prospects rankings as well, so make sure to uh follow along to the end and kind of um follow along and see what we have to say about these high end prospects before we get into it just make sure to like and subscribe leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next if you're watching on youtube and if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform whether that's spotify odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts make sure to make us your first listen of the day so sebastian first and foremost um as the head scout and um you know focus more on the european side um Constant is one player that falls squarely within your area of expertise, and he's a player I've really enjoyed every time I've watched him. Um, talk me through what you saw from that game, um, how he performed, what he did well, and what kind of improved since your last viewing. Because from what I understand, you got a bit higher on Hellenius since that viewing, right?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> like Hellenius has been impressing me my, my most recent viewings, and uh, definitely I'm higher on him now than I have been the last time that we talked about him here on the podcast. Uh Helenius, like the game I watched was uh when when his team you could play played against TPS on November 1st. So a very recent viewing. And he really stood out throughout the game for making consistently good decisions. And that's not to say he didn't make any mistakes. He did make mistakes, but whenever he made a mistake, he bounced back impressively quickly. Whenever he turned the puck over, he was the first player on his team back on the puck, applying pressure, trying to get the get possession back. He was really, really impressive in, in in that composure, in that ability to just immediately rebound from mistakes. And while he doesn't have the same level of like dynamism as you might see in some of the, the North American forwards, uh, guys like Berkeley Catton, for instance, he is a highly intelligent player. He is very, very calculated in, in what he does. He's very, very good at uh, buying himself time, whether that be circling back in the defensive zone if he doesn't like what he sees in transition, or whether just be deferring to teammates when he doesn't have any much space to work with. He's very, very calculated, and he always prioritizes possession above all else. He's not an individualistic player, and while I'm not convinced he's going to be the center at the next level, there's definitely a chance he gets moved to the wing. This is a high IQ forward who I think has significant top six upside, and uh, I I think I would be open to having him in that like 8 to 10 range for us on our board uh, in a couple of days' time.
0: Yeah, I really like him as well. He's at six on my tentative board so far. I'm still working things out, making sure everything's clear and and good on my rankings, but that's more or less where I have him. Um, And yeah, every time I've watched him, I've just been blown away with his ability to show patience, poise, understanding of, um, you know, when and how his teammates are going to access the offensive zone so you can hit him in stride. Um, A lot of what we see from kind of junior quality players is um, especially draft eligibles, is you'll see them push play down the boards as much as possible. Um instead of being comfortable using a cutback to open up some space and kind of wait for things to develop. And that's one thing that a lot of players tend to struggle to learn at the NHL level is you don't need to rush every play, you don't need to push every puck down the boards. Sometimes going backwards is the best way to, to create offense. Um and Helenius already understands that, which is really impressive. I'm also been I've also been really impressed overall with every viewing I've gone with just the the 360 vision the scanning habits the awareness he just fully understands what's going on around him at all times um and like you said when he does make a mistake he's aware that it's a mistake and he's not that's not where his mind ends the moment a mistake is made he's already in okay how do i patch this mode um so yeah he's he's a he's a developer in the pure sense of it um in terms of a player he just develops plays really well and whenever there's a mistake he's quick to fix it um so yeah, I've been just overall really impressed with the package that that Hellenius brings to the table. And so far, you've had him. We were talking a bit before the episode, and you mentioned that you might like him more than Berkeley can. Um With Berkeley can be, being as skillful and, and as intelligent as he is, you know, do you think that his skill set compares, Caton, or is it just that the offensive mind and the defensive engagement is a lot better to a point where you'd have him ahead of him?
1: They're in the same tier for me. I think uh, where with Helenius, you have the really impressive hockey mind and that composure that overall just refinement in the mental side of the game with cat yeah. have electrifying skill and dynamism so they they're different players in what they bring to the table and also very different players in terms of projections and and what they have to learn to to become top six NHL players uh, because if, if you combine the two they basically be a very very electrifying NHL player already almost like you have yeah. a like the, the, these two players uh, do, do not share the same strengths necessarily. But uh, I think w- with Caton, I haven't watched as much of him as I have with, with Helenius. So mm-hmm. it could be a thing that by default I just have Helenius above him a little bit right now for recency bias. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not going to bend the table either way here for these two players. I think they're definitely within the same range. But I think I definitely side Helenius at this point because I'm always one to, to to kind of bet on on the hockey brain. Uh, and, and the tools developing around that when, yeah. when there is of it. And with Hellenius, there are certainly flashes of high-end offensive tools. It's just, it's far from as consistent and as overwhelming as it is with Caton.
0: Yeah, absolutely. He, you know, uh, Hellenius reminds me a bit of kind of draft-year Sebastian Ajo, not the most kind of dynamic player, but super aware um, and super sound in terms of his decision-making. So it'll be an interesting kind of progression for him. Uh, but let's talk uh, real quick about Caden Lindstrom, because Caden Lindstrom uh, was in the top five on Elite Prospects rankings. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I tentatively have him at 10th overall. Um, but you see him as a potential kind of, you know, as a guy who could enter that tier with Paraki Dickinson and Iserman, right?
1: Yeah. I I tentatively have him at eight, but that's in a tier that stretches from three to nine. So yeah, uh, there's some movement there for Mm -hmm. sure. But um, I've, I've watched a lot of him since that EP ranking came out. And uh, especially with some conversations I had with some of the EP staff about him, where it was just a thing of like, oh well this is a player that like we could not really justify outside our top 5 range let alone a player that like they were bullish on to have in there to begin with mm-hmm. and uh so i went i went back and watched more tape and i'm not i'm not quite as as convinced as they may be at this point yet but uh the the tools are incredible and for me it's when you combine uh, a tremendous raw toolkit that like Lindstrom has that we really haven't seen in the chl Center since Quentin Byfield, I guess, like in terms of pure toolkit, and um, he has the power. He has the playmaking. He is a highly intelligent player. He's super adaptable. He learns from his mistakes mid game, uh, and on top of that, his development trajectory is so 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 good. Uh, this is a player who you go back six eight months and radically different player. Uh, yeah. He he has really really revolutionized how he's played the game in in the last half year and uh it is so impressive so if you're kind of charting that development track uh, i could definitely see an argument for him in our top five once, once we get to like those those like december january rankings so mm-hmm. uh i i think as of right now i'd be quite happy if he lands in our seven to ten range at dauber but uh with time if this trajectory continues i'll start banging the table for him a little bit higher up that board too
0: absolutely yeah there, there is a pretty Hefty tier that for me ranges from six to 12, for you ranges from three to nine. It's it's that yeah. kind of range of players after you get, you know, once you hit after celebrating Demidov, it's pretty much open season. A lot of players, a lot of people have Iserman as the bona fide number two, number three guy, but you know, we're more in the mind that he's more in, in the tier of Perek Dickinson ish. And that's the tier I have right now from three to five is Perek, um, well, Dickinson Perek and Eisenman in that order. And then from six to 12, it's just the whole glut of players as well. It's so it's going to be a very, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting draft, even though the kind of high end upside isn't as present, especially as last year. Um, I think that's still a pretty interesting draft. If you're looking to add very specific pieces to your, uh, to your pool. Um, so follow that along. Uh, and speaking of which we'll continue on this 2024 kind of role. We'll talk about our Lefshunov and Liam Green tree after these messages from our sponsors over at Jace medical. Don't get caught unprepared. Jace Medical offers you five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use in the Jace case. Um, All you have to do to get a Jace case is just fill out a simple online form. And in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board certified physicians. And before you know it, you've got a Jace case coming in the mail your way to help you out if you've got an ear infection, nose infection, anything going on that you need um, immediate help with regarding antibiotics. They've got you covered and got you covered fairly quickly. With supply chain issues, with everything going on on, around the world. It's tougher than ever to get a reliable supply of medication. Uh, and Jace Medical offers that uh, without a doubt. Uh, so like I said, don't get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online eval to licensed ph- pharm- pharmacy uh, pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care and a lot more. Um, so all you have to do is go to jacemedical.com slash locked on. That's J-A-S-E medical/ locked on to get started with $20 off your first purchase. Check it out. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about Caden Lindstrom and... So, oh, we already talked about Caden Lindstrom. We'll talk about Artyom Lefshunov and Liam Greentree in the second segment here. First and foremost, you caught a recent viewing of Artyom Lefshunov, and you've gotten a bit higher on him. You've kind of hit the range that I'm comfortable with for, for Lefshunov as well. Talk me through that, what you like about Lefshunov, what's impressed you a bit more in these recent viewings, and still, what are the limitations that would prevent him from being kind of a bona fide top 10 pick for you?
1: Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's a fascinating prospect. And I, I think that with time, my read on him has definitely shifted. Um, I, I caught a recent game of his from, I think, last weekend. And uh, he, he looked really, really solid with his, in, in terms of his tools, his aggression. He was activating consistently, uh, far more so than I was seeing in previous viewings, uh, constantly above the hash marks in the offensive zone, regularly a support in the rush as a third or fourth attacker, and uh, overall being very, very involved. Uh, That said, his decision-making has uh, not not been as good as it was my first viewing, uh, Mm -hmm. and I think that I kind of, may have slightly rapidly come to a conclusion with the, with his IQ in, in that game because it was a good viewing that I had early on in the season in terms of the mental side of the game. And uh, the decision-making has been weaker in recent viewings. So while I've been a lot more impressed with how he's using his body to uh, cr- like either protect the puck or to initiate contact to, 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 to create pressure or force a turnover, uh, I think he's a lot more aggressive than he was beforehand. Those are all great things that I think kind of explain why he's climbing up my board like those are all things i value a lot especially in that like bigger defenseman mold Mm -hmm. and um that said with the puck on the stick i've seen him misfire on 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 pass attempts rather than like the actual passing accuracy just a couple pass attempts that just didn't make much sense that were just absolute hail marys and uh where he really shouldn't have even tried them, uh, especially against NCAA competition. Like trying to go through like three layers of defense with a with a stretch pass from the defensive zone is a bit 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 rich for my blood. Uh, but um, yeah, he he's been good. I, I I've liked him so far. I think that. Um, with that aggression popping up with uh, the defensive strength becoming a bit more visible in my viewings i'm more comfortable with him in that top 15 range than i was previously and um while i still have some questions in terms of him as a top top 10 talent in this draft class i i quite like him in that 12 range
0: as well yeah, absolutely. That's more or less where I have him. As well. i have him at 11 so far. Um, the thing is, the main issue with Lipshunov is he's got a lot of individual tools, not a lot of cohesiveness to his skill set. But on top of that, there's a lot of inconsistency with his decision making. Yeah, um, exactly. We're talking about a player who is ex- incredibly powerful um, for his age. Um, he's already outmuscling a lot of NCAA competition. Guys that are his size are even bigger. He's able to outmuscle them, outwork them and get pucks off boards. Um on top of that, you know, the small area game is pretty interesting. You know, he's able to make a six, seven foot pass through a pair of legs onto a teammate stick fairly confidently and fairly well. The only issue is as as soon as you is he tries to 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 spread the ice vertically or horizontally and make those kind of mid to long range plays, I feel like things break down for him a bit. Um, both in terms of what passes he decides on and how accurate he is with them. Um So that's one thing that kind of keeps him outside of the top 10 range, but I just feel like the toolkit's really interesting. The shot is really good. Um, And there are, you know, even though it's inconsistent, I feel like the decision-making when he's on is incredible. The, the, the understanding of, you know, how play is going to develop, the anticipation of play is really advanced um, when he's on. But the issue is he's not always on. So as soon as that works out, I feel like we're going to see a different Lev Shunov um, And I feel like as the s- sample size grows and as he gets more comfortable in the NCAA, because, again, this is his rookie season in, C- in the NCAA, even though it's uh, the CCHA uh, division still the ncaa it's not the ushl it's a different ball game so I'm, I'm interested to see how that develops with a larger sample size as he plays you know 30 35 games throughout the season in the ncaa how that's going to kind of shape out for him um but moving on to Liam Grantry, a player I watched very recently uh, last night, actually. Uh, I was catching one of his older games uh, from late October. He scored two goals and an assist and a 7-6 overtime loss. Um, his team had a 5-3 lead late on. Uh, I don't think he was on the ice for either one of those third-period goals from the opposite team to tie things up late. Um, but yeah, what I saw from Green Tree is a player who's incredibly comfortable on the playmaking side. He's able to, um, draw a player in and hang on to pucks for a second or two long enough in order to open up a passing lane that wasn't there. Um, he uses deception and manipulation and hook passes and slip passes. I feel like the playmaking arsenal's really wide, but I also was really impressed with the shot, um, his shot is very hard and very accurate, and he doesn't just try to hit the corners. He's comfortable hitting the spot under the arm. Uh, he's just comfortable hitting the five hole. He's very various in his shot placement, which is something I look for in, in shooting prospects. So he's got the playmaking side. He's got the goal scoring side. I'm not convinced with the skating. Um, the motor is on and off, um, but the playmaking and shooting are really good enough. Uh, the handling's just kind of average. And yeah, I mean, you're talking about a player who's, Built physically, I mean, he's what, 6'2", 180, 185, something like that. Um, So decently large in terms of his frame, not the best skater, decent puck protector. And on top of that, has a really interesting skill set. I'm curious to see how things develop for him this year, especially if he can improve his skating as the season goes on, because I think that's going to change his projection a lot. But I kind of see the middle six upside here um, at the NHL level. And for me, that kind of puts him in the 20 range. I'm not too confident with him so far based on what I've seen, but I could see him becoming that middle six presence. And yeah, I've got him at about 22 so far, just because I don't see that upside as being as likely as prospects ahead of him. But the upside is decent enough. So, you know, if we are talking about a player with middle six upside, but, you know, with fringe kind of potential to hit that upside, where does that land him in your rankings?
1: I like him quite a bit too. I I've been really impressed with his brain. I think that his anticipation is really strong. I think that he's composed for a CHL player, and that stands out as an attribute. Yeah. I think that, uh, as you said, he's he's really quite he's various in both his his uh, shot placement, but I think that also kind of correlates to the rest of his game. He's he's very much not a player that falls into routines he he likes to to change things up he likes to get outside of his own comfort zone and that's something i value in a prospect Absolutely. especially when it's a prospect in in like the ohl who is starting off the season on fire and he's lighting things up when a player is that hot i want to see them experimenting i want to see them trying to use that m- momentum to to create new habits in their games and new new strengths that, that that they didn't know they have and I've been seeing that with Green Tree he's experimenting he's having fun on the ice he's uh he's, he's one of the more powerful CHL players it, that are first round contenders this year I quite quite like his his use of physicality I think he's really good at initiating contact and uh he's very very calculated with how he uses it so he he's a player that I would also have in my 20 range I think as you said the the high-end tools aren't fully there. I don't think that there's a player who's going to drive any top-six line, but I think there's an outside chance that he could be a, a, a physical uh, like tertiary piece on a top-six line, and that yeah. that's kind of where his upside kind of extends up to. Uh, and in terms of bottom-six roles, uh, there are many, many worlds in which a Liam Greenstreet can fit in any type of bottom six role uh, because again he is quite versatile he can kind of plug and play and the nice thing with that versatility too is that if he is like your 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 number one guy on your third line whenever you have a top six injury you can kind of slot him in and uh he can take over whatever role the injured player had as long as it wasn't like the role of dynamic line driver he'll be pretty okay
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fully agreed on that. But uh, that wraps things up for our second segment. We'll talk about uh, Ryder Ritchie and Tarek Parasak uh, right after these messages from our sponsors over at Parkview Advance. As a business owner, you have to realize there are times when receivables might fall behind, but that doesn't mean that you need to fall behind on vendor payments, payroll, or even rent. For more than 25 years, Parkview Advance has helped businesses secure working capital from 5,000 to 1.5 million. Parkview Advance can approve your working capital um, as in as little as 24 hours. It's a much easier process than you can imagine. All you have to do is, um, if you're an entrepreneur um, that's a locked on NHL fan, if you want to learn more, just call 203-675-0071 or go to parkviewadvance.com. If your business needs working capital, call Parkview Advance today. Parkview Advance, helping businesses with their working capital. Go to parkviewadvance.com. All right, so to end things off, we'll talk about uh, uh, Ryder richie first and foremost. I think that this is a fantastic prospect who has... Really grown on me in recent viewings. Um, I saw him at ninth overall on Elite Prospects rankings, and I was kind of curious as to why they kind of saw that top 10 upside uh in Richie, especially ahead of players that, you know, I have ranked ahead of him. Um, he ended up in kind of my 15 to 15 to 20 range. Um, and I think I'm pretty comfortable with that. I mean, Ryder Richie is another player who's kind of he's built strong. He's not the biggest or the strongest. I mean, I think he's like six two, one eighty-five, uh, six foot one eighty-five, something like that. Um, decently sized but not overwhelming in terms of his physical toolkit, Uh, but I was really, really impressed with the playmaking abilities. He's a player that's really comfortable, you know, distributing pucks quickly and accurately, but also he's, he's able to draw players in and do all that good stuff that we look for. Um, he's got decent hands. He plays a lot on the power play. Didn't see him much on the penalty kill. I think he got a shift or two. And it's for good reason. I mean, he's not necessarily the most um, defensively engaged. He sees the problems and tries, you know, puts in a minimal amount of effort in order to at least get a stick in the right lane or, you know, put his body in the right position or get in a board battle. But he's not going to blow you away with his defensive engagement and, and intelligence. But really what you're getting out of Richie is a really good playmaking winger. Um, who, can, who can shift in at center. I think that his intelligence is good enough and his, his skating is good enough in order to have an impact at center. Um, but yeah, what, what's your take on Richie and, and what do you kind of see as kind of the NHL projection for him?
1: I think the soft skill is very impressive with, with Richie. Yeah. Like this is a player who uh, uses intelligence really well to, to kind of stay in pockets of space. I, I think that his, his his off puck game could use a little bit more motor more consistently but this yeah. is a player who, who can find that soft ice really really consistently i think that he works really well within it he's regularly a threat when, with the puck but not on a stick uh and that's why i like to see especially in chl players you need to be dangerous off puck in order yeah. to to Kind of project as that like top 20 talent in any nhl draft and with ryder ritchie this is again he's very very slick i've really been impressed with how dynamic he can look in certain sequences uh he has he plays with a ton of flash he's a strong handler he's a decent skater he plays with pace when he wants to it comes in flashes not always there but the high-end flashes are very impressive, and I think if you if you look at them in a vacuum, the high-end flashes can definitely justify top 10 ranking. Like, this is a very, very, very skilled player. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, I, I do have a lot of questions still uh, that I think would impede him from cracking my top 15 at this stage, but I haven't watched as much of him as you have, and I know, like, I think like the last time I watched him extensively, like I logged like three or four views of him at the Hlinka and I thought that he was impressive, but I uh, still was left with some questions. But how has your take on Richie kind of shifted from that Hlinka sample into the WHL this season?
0: Well, I saw a lot more of a kind of dynamic carrier. I saw a lot more pace to his game. I saw a player who definitely um, needs to improve the, the more kind of intricate elements of his game he's still kind of raw and, and overall plays that kind of junior style at times but i saw a player who's a bit more engaged definitely more involved in in all three facets and all three zones of the game um and you know you, you could see how he was working on his off-fuck movement it was a bit of a concern at the start of the year i didn't see as much kind of offensive positioning that could kind of benefit him in the whl he was kind of hitting pockets late and you know not reading a stick at the right moments but the moment that you know I started watching him more, especially as the season went on, especially with this recent viewing it got in in, um, in in early November. You could really see a player who got a lot more comfortable with the off-puck movement part of the game, and that's so essential for a player who can create space like he does for himself. Yeah, um, He's a player that moves really well off the puck right now, um, and, and the fact that that is paired with his physical abilities, with his understanding of his surroundings, with his one-touch play, it was so important for him to develop that off-puck game because I feel like that's going to be mainly his bread and butter at the nhl level is finding pockets of space and exploiting them um as much as i like his skating and as much as i like his ability to move pucks in transition and switch lanes and all that good stuff i still feel like at the end of the day this is a player who's going to do most of his the brunt of his work off the puck Um, so i'm really excited to see how that kind of develops for him Um, but finally we'll talk about Tarek parasak um Derek Parasak really kind of came out of nowhere. Um, was playing kind of secondary line minutes on uh Prince George, you know, behind players like Riley Height and Cohen Zemer, and you know, some of these guys that went really high in last year's draft. Um, but man, is he popping off? I mean, every single game I expect him to kind of fall back to the mean and he just exceeds expectations every game. Uh, this last game I watched against him was actually it was Ryder Ritchie versus Tarek Parasak. It was, uh, it was, uh, you know, he, it, it, Ryder Ritchie's Prince Albert Raiders were facing Prince George, and man, Tarek Parasak is just, you know, I tried to focus on Ryder Ritchie and get as much kind of of my eyes on him as possible, but every time they were on the ice together, I was just mesmerized by, by Tarek Parasak's intelligence, his understanding of his surroundings, his one touch plays, his ability to to play give and go. Um, and there was one particular play where he scored a goal. I, I think Prince George ended up winning that game 5 nothing or, or something like that. Um, and there was one particular play where, where Tarek Parasek score, scored a goal where he received a puck at the offensive blue line in one motion, just toe-dragged it around the player and just rifled it into the top corner. And the moment I saw that, my brain immediately went to Nick Suzuki because I talked about this before, how Parasek reminds me a lot of draft year Nick Suzuki but how Nick Suzuki revolutionized his game heading into the NHL. Um, and that's, you know, the changes that he's made are what actually make him such a good player. And not every player is going to have that development curve, but the the combination of intelligence, hands, soft skill, one-touch play, off-buck movement, playmaking, it's just, it, there's a lot to like there with Parasak, And I feel like, you know, for me right now, he's at 20, and I I wouldn't be surprised if, especially if he keeps playing the way he has and there isn't that regression to the mean. Um, if he continues to show that this level of plays, the level of play he's able to maintain, there's no doubt about it. Um, he's he's going to end up in a top fifteen. But for me right now, he's he's squarely at twenty. Um, what's your take on him though? What have you seen from him so far that kind of pushes you in that direction?
1: I haven't logged too many viewings on him yet, and I will definitely catch up on those today. I'm actually very excited to watch him today because yeah, uh, well, you're you're a pretty good salesman when it comes to parasite. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. I'm looking forward to 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 really digging into the, the like the, the finer details of Parasac's game, but mm-hmm. so far, I mean, I, I've I've been really impressed with his overall intelligence. I think that the combination of composure, anticipation, and planning is one of the better ones in this draft class that I've seen so far. And uh, you also can't really shy away at that production. Like this is a very, very impressive like level of production. I mean, is he still leading all WHL draft eligibles? Uh, I think so. Is he, yeah. is he still ahead of Lindstrom? Like he, he's doing really, really well. well. And uh, yeah, like, like, especially when you pair him with uh, a player like Riley Height, Oof! It's a lot of fun. I mean, like like, like the flashes I've seen, I've, I've, I've definitely caught a couple like passing viewings, casual viewings of, of Prince George so far, and uh, seeing Height and Paris together has just been a joy. Where you have Height with that high end playmaking, the dynamism, the handling skill. Uh, The off puck work rate. And then you have Parasac finding every single pocket of space that heights, dynamism creates. It's a really nice combination and they complement each other very nicely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Parasac's in a nice position this season for his development. I think that uh, when you are that type of player that kind of sits back, observes play, finds those pockets of space, uh, you want to have highly dynamic wingers or, or line mates to play with, and uh, yeah. he has exactly that. So it's a it's a great little spot for his development right now, and it's been very entertaining to watch. So I'm quite excited to dig further deep uh, to dig a bit deeper into that tonight.
0: Absolutely. Well, that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe, leave us a comment. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. They've got all your news and updates about what's going on in sports. And make sure to tune in tomorrow as we talk about Marco Rossi, William Eklund, even Shane Wright gets a talk. We'll talk about all that on tomorrow's show. This has been Hattie Kalakash with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.